How about that cigar? How about that cigar, man? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Drew Estate Cigar Studios for episode 161 of How About That Cigar Live. Guys, thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube, and for those of you watching or listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thank you so much for listening when you drive down the road, work out, whatever it is you do when you listen to your favorite audio podcast. Thank you so much for making How About That Cigar a part of it. And we are here in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios, and let's remind you about the finally revealed uh, mystery cigar, and that is the all-new Nika Rustica Adobe, the second expression in Drew Estate's value-priced Nika Rustica line. The Nika Rustica brand is Drew Estate's homage and tribute to Esteli Nicaragua. The Nika Rustica Adobe will be available in a 6x52 Toro, a 5x54 Robusto, and a 6x60 Gordo, all presented in 25-count boxes while retaining many of the same characteristics as the Connecticut Broadleaf expression. Nika Rustica Adobe is the spicier version using a Habano wrapper, Brazilian binder, and Nicaraguan filler tobaccos from Esteli and Jalapa. Unpolished and unrefined, Nicarustico Adobe is a medium to full-bodied cigar that offers loads of spice with a bold and very long finish. The perfect companion for adventurous cigar buffs. Nicarustico Adobe will be available for regular distribution to all retailers beginning in August of this year. For more info, please visit drewestate.com so for those of you guys watching live on facebook and youtube and maybe even after the fact garrett you're looking more handsome than ever thank you man i mean yeah i mean the look the the you know the 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 way you talk it's just you you've really you've really like taken great strides and improved yourself man i went to mexico we rolled you know that's intense <laughs> i went to the beach you know so <laughs> You know, I got a little darker. You know? Yeah, yeah. Out of Minnesota, you here, man. I love it. I love it. Well, we are very, we're very excited. We're gonna bring in. This is what? this is that's that's fake Garrett, and this is real Garrett. Man, <laughs> a guy leaves for a couple weeks. I know. Yeah. So it, it's been, uh, you know, it's been. Uh, a couple of weeks since we had a show, we took off for Memorial Day, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were very excited when we found out that Henderson Ventura from Adventura Cigars, welcome, welcome to the studio. Thank you, man. So we were excited it. when we found out you were going to be in town. So we said, let's just let's just have him as a guest and and just you know we've got our guests uh, coming on in a few minutes, but have an in studio guy to help out with the show and just hang out and chill and smoke cigars. Man, first time in the states. Uh... It's not gonna be the last. Uh, I have a blast with you guys. Uh, the, the I feel great, you know, with the treat that you guys giving giving me here. So, have a good time. Have a good time. Yeah, we love Appreciate having it. you here, man. Love having you here. Um, so, uh, like uh, like we always do, we are gonna talk a little bit about some of our some of our favorite sports teams. So I don't know, um, I don't know who watched the Twins game yesterday. Mm-hmm. but uh, it was a fantastic, fun game to watch. Yeah. They had some amazing plays. I mean, there it was basically a home run derby back and forth yep. between the Blue Jays and and the Twins. It was a fun game. And I, I only watched the highlights. But... It, even so, I mean, we have a lot of injuries, so even some of the backup players yep. were making t- the, the, the backup shortstop, and I'm sorry I don't remember his name, made the sickest pickup. And and little Chuck to second, oh, yeah, and yeah. then to, for a, for a double play, it yeah. was in it was fantastic. So even the backup players are doing it. 
And I love that. Um, and uh, for those of us still following uh, the hockey world, the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs are still well underway. Um, as we speak, it's possible that Colorado could uh, punch their ticket to the finals. Yep. Um, so they're not they're in, shocked. They're in game four right now. Yeah, I'm not shocked. Colorado is just incredible. So uh, how's then, your how's your hockey knowledge? Hockey. Hockey. Henderson. Oh yeah, how's your hockey knowledge? Oh man, I'm a professional. Are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So who's your team? Who do you got going to the final? I don't know nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the the Detroit Green Sabers. Yes. Yeah, the Detroit the, Green the, Sabers. Baseball, I know a little bit more. Yeah, know? yeah. I know you guys have a tough time with Vladimir Guerrero on the other side. Uh, yeah. Yes. This guy is killing it. Yeah. Well, and we had Big Poppy. Yeah, we had him for just long enough for him to get, you know, get his talents refined and then go to, go Boston. to Boston. Yeah. So that's okay. That's what we do. We, yeah. we train people up mm-hmm. and then we ship them off to another team. Best farm league in the best farm league in the, in the, the uh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, and the Rangers, uh, the Rangers leads the series two one over the lightning. Uh, their, their next game is tomorrow, I believe. Um, so oh, yeah. yeah, good sports stuff going on right now. Uh, football players are starting to do some workouts and get ready for NFL season. I mean, it's super early, but they're starting to do some workouts. Um, so let's jump right into our main segment of the evening. And as always special guests on how about that cigar live are brought to you by Corona cigar company. Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest-to-use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit CoronaCigar.com and FloridaSungrown.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please join us in putting your hands together and welcoming to episode 161 of How About That Cigar Live from El Oso Fumar Takes Bear Duplissy. Oh, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. It's uh, it's splendid to spend a Monday evening with you all. And uh, and uh, um, two things. Uh, one, uh, y'all thought David Ortiz was done, so that's 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 more on you than oh, 100 percent. Yes. Um, but and the second thing, uh, I, I I absolutely agree in the most heterosexual way possible. Garrett, you look incredibly handsome now. So whatever you did, uh, yes. And your Spanish your Spanish classes are paying off, my friend. Really, that, the really accent are. is uh, the yeah. the accent is authentic. It's fantastic. That's the sound. Yeah, that's the sound. Well, and I, I also before we before we jump into uh, talking to Bear, I also want to give a shout out to uh, and. I don't even know if we can show them on the studio camera or not, but we have for the first time, I think ever on how about that cigar live, we have like a studio, a audience. studio audience. So we got Raul from Sodi's and Omar from Ramsey smoke shop here in the twin cities area. You can hear them shouting in the background guys. Thanks for hanging out while we're doing the show. We had some dinner earlier and, 
and uh, just kind of hung out and smoking cigars, having a good time here in Minnesota. The weather is like perfect. It really is. We're really blessed right now to have the most primo weather. And and then two weeks from now, it's going to snow and then it's right. all over. Yeah, I feel bad say. for Henderson because, you know, he's getting the best of what Minnesota <laughs> offers right now. Yeah. It won't be. I guarantee the next time you come to Minnesota, it won't be anywhere near this. No, no, no. It, uh, I'm in. Uh, it's almost like I got the consolation prize. I got to be honest. Like you, know, you made dinner. You made you made dinner. You had over guests. Like oh, and we're also gonna have bear on the show. It's like I, I came for the dinner, man. Seriously. Yeah, that, that was my point to be here. Next Fantastic. next time, bear, we have you. We have you come to Minnesota for your next appearance right. on How About That Cigar Live. Uh, or, or I, I come to Texas. That yeah, if we just need to find a cool place to do it. Um, it's like yeah. 97 degrees outside, so therefore it's like 90 degrees here in my garage. So well, I'm saying we'll come to Texas in like February. Good call. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah good call. <laughs> There's one week in February though that'll get it gets to like Minnesota weather though. It's like minus six here. We do that one. We do that once once a year, uh, mid February. So just, feel, just skip feel just like home. Yeah. Exactly. Just skip that week and then it'll be in the 80s. It'll be fine. Well, be I, I feel I feel bad for Garrett because Garrett, we're all smoking cigars and Garrett's not smoking a cigar yet. Yeah. So I think it's time I'm, for Garrett. Neither am I. So that's that's fine. It's fine, Garrett. You're good. Well, we're going to have Garrett fire up his uh, his fine hand rolled cigar via the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Toast Cam. When lighting your cigar, it is important to be patient pay close attention to detail and focus on the tobacco in the same way steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra premium cigars of dunbarton tobacco and trust patience close attention and focus on the tobacco are the qualities that Saka and dunbarton tobacco and trust have become known for from sober mesa to umbagog Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood or any occasion visit dunbartoncigars.com to learn more all right, so Garrett's all fired up now. Yes. Bear, you said you don't have a cigar going. Are you planning on lighting up a cigar and enjoying one along with us? I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. I've been, I've been, reco I've been recovering from, uh, from some double pneumonia, and I had a cigar last night. So, um, but uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna attempt another one. So I'm not, I am, I'm not drinking uh, anything other than water though. So, but, uh, okay, but yeah, I've got, I got some selections here. Um, I, I feel bad uh, with Raul and Omar there. I, I, I you know, I should have, should have known that I was going to be stepping into hostile waters because I did bring the Crux Bull and Bear. So that oh, seems, that seems, yeah. seems inappropriate at this point with those two gentlemen in the studio audience. Um, <laughs> Love it. I've got, um, I've got a well-aged uh, Bay, uh, courtesy of Ooh. Oliver Nubo from a few years ago. This is actually aged a few years. This is from November of 2017. You can see my date on there. Very nice. Um, and that's also another well-aged gem, uh, Alec and Bradley Mundial. I love the cigar. Oh it's yeah, that's a that's a good blend. Broke my heart when they when they uh, when they decided that uh, well when the people decided that they didn't <laughs> like it, which is just horse horse shit. Um, yeah. All right, and then I've got a couple other cigars here uh, made by our awesome guest host, the, the new and improved Garrett Robinson. Um, <laughs> the uh, that's the last time I want to do that, Henderson. I promise. Uh, the Long Live the King uh, Mad Mofo, which uh, I just think gets better and better every time I smoke it. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in my top 10 a couple of years ago. And then of course the former number one cigar of the year uh, from my, um, for myself, the uh, um, La Barba Ricochet Crew Mexi Soul Grand Robusto. Nice. So oh, yeah. 
So, yeah, um, well, um, Henderson, um, it, I would honor me if you would pick my cigar for me. Ooh. I will go for the Mad Muffin, man. All right. Fantastic. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. That's one of my favorites. I love it. I, love, yeah. I dig it. Do you know that was the name of the blend? You know, that's how I named the blend when I made it. Oh, yeah, I think you told me that. I think we talked about that. Yeah, it's really it's yeah. I don't call my blends like a number one, number two. I put names. Mm. I have not had I haven't had that mad, mad mofo in a while. It's been I mean, it's been like a year or so since I've had one. I know I have some in my but the lower half of my humidor is aging section so i know i have some down there i just i have to reorder my my humidor is such a mess i mean if you if you guys in watching could see my garage it's kind of, it's pretty messy and these guys are can attest to it but i wish i wish i could like be organized in my humidor and, and also organized in my garage but right now everything's just like all over the place one of these days i will get organized when you get mad grab this cigar yeah <laughs> um so one of the things that we that we talked about before we um you know after we had the show scheduled for tonight and we knew bear was going to be our guest on the show um we know that because uh, we've talked to bear a few times on the show Gare, bear was actually our first um bear was our first live guest yes he was on uh, on how about that cigar live back in i want to say how about April, that fun fact? April April of 2019. Yep, somewhere in there. Uh, so he was our first live guest uh, back when we were still using Google Hangouts live on air, uh, which went away immediately the following week, I believe. Uh, and um, we we have come to know over the years that Bear is uh, a, a historian. He calls himself an amateur historian, but I I I would call him semi professional. Yeah. Uh, historian. 100%. He's 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 got a great affinity for um, the great events that have shaped our world and our culture and things like that. And today happens to be the anniversary of D-Day, uh, the Normandy invasion, World War II, 1944. And uh, obviously one of the most um, impactful events in in history really if if you if you look at um you know today's date back to the beginning of time d-day really does uh there there were so many incredible people that that served with bravery that i can't even the you know bravery i can't i can't even uh imagine and uh so one of the things we wanted to do a little bit tonight on the show was talk about you know some of the some of the you know the key events of d-day some of the maybe some little known facts uh and things like that and sort of some of the meaningful um parts of d-day um so i have a few things pulled up uh bear but if you have if you have a few items that you wanted to start us off with uh about d-day i i give you the floor well um well again thank you for that thank you for those humbling words matt i um I do still consider myself an amateur historian. I appreciate that. Um, I, I think um, I think the thing about history that I've always really had an affinity for, and it's kind of grown over the years as I've become a, an adult, is that it um, you know it's a reflection of not only our past, but it's also a reflection of our time 
and the perspective that we you know that we hold within it and then it's it's also it's also a peek into the future because as the saying goes history repeats itself so you have to yeah. kind of you have to kind of look at things uh, through an interesting lens so to speak um but what i there are a couple of fun facts about d-day um that i think is really great uh you know again it's commonly referred to as d-day uh june 6 1944 um but if it weren't for if it weren't for uh the good old we were talking about this earlier the good old-fashioned calamity of weather we would be celebrating june 5th uh or even oh, yeah. actually actually june actually technically june 4th it was supposed to be in the uh the late out the late hours of june 4th they put it off into june 5th and it became even more uh clear that that they weren't going to be able to to launch the uh the offensive until until june 6th and uh and again uh, a lot of people again refer to it as d-day but that wasn't what the operation was called the operation was called operation overlord yeah uh, which is just like you know something like straight you know right to the like a video game. right through oh well i was gonna say to your heart matt it's like straight from star wars right <laughs> uh yeah you know operation overlord um so um and i mean here's here's the here's the really cool thing about you know a lot of people uh, and, and the americans uh the american forces certainly took a brunt of uh, of the of the fighting they certainly took a brunt of the casualties and everything but this was a massive joint effort of the allied forces you had the of course the united states you had the united kingdom you had canada you had france you had australia czechoslovakia poland belgium the netherlands norway new zealand uh and yes um our, our friends over in greece mm. were all part of the collective allied effort um and all and on the other side of on the other side of the line was the third reich also known as germany so yeah um cool fun facts to start us off with but uh um but yeah we can go over where, wherever you want to go from here we can talk about whatever you want um it's a it's a very important day in, in history as you mentioned so yeah well s specifically um one of the things as i i started doing some research because i i don't know nearly as much about it as i uh, you know would would want to but i as i was doing research you know you can get only so much from movies and documentaries and books um but to read articles that have firsthand accounts from the the men and women who were there um specifically there was um there was one battalion um that was the uh the a company first battalion 116th infantry took 60 percent casualties in the first 20 minutes of battle i mean i i can't even i can't even wrap my brain around that it's it's so it's so devastating yet the the 40 that were left didn't turn around and and run off they they kept marching forward it's well just you, you'd be the survivor you, yeah it's you you're at that the, the group here you you'd be at yeah uh, garrett and me and you know henderson's probably wounded garrett and i would die mm -hmm. um henderson's probably wounded you're the only one that's you know, you're the only one that's upright at that point i mean not you know i'm trying to be a little funny uh but no, you I know hear, i mean I it's but that's that's crazy right i mean it's 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 unbelievable that I mean, just what what a concept, right? Yeah, yep. And what were some of the uh, 
I mean, because th these guys had to, It's. I mean, specifically if we're focusing on, because there were a lot of different angles to it. You know, you had the, um, you had the, the ships that were trying to, you know, get mortar fire up, um, and, you know, and up to, you know, take out some of the German positions, but they, they had to wait until the guys who were landing on the landing craft got to a certain point before they could start, you know, sending, sending fire up towards the Germans. So the, the casualty rates were incredible. Um, and at the same time, there were, there was, uh, paratroopers, there were, um, they had, uh, allied, uh, makeshift hospitals from multiple points, you know, and run by, like you said, people from, it wasn't just Americans, people from multiple countries. Uh, the UN was involved with, you know, getting, um, I think if I, if I remember right, correct me if I'm wrong, Bear, weren't the, uh, the landing craft, weren't those piloted by, by UN, uh, sailors? That's correct. Yeah, that's okay. correct. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, um, Henderson, what was your understanding of history? Obviously, World War II was a, you know, at least in basic format in, um, you know, some primary and, you know, school here in the United States. In the Dominican, what did you learn about World War II? Not much, man. You know, we, we talked about the date, you know, countries involved in the war. Uh, but uh, that I remember, I don't have much from World Wars. Uh, I have more from my own, you know. Right. You yep. know, after I, I was like a history aficionado, you know, so I was like uh, starting different, you know, uh, different part of the story, different di from both sizes, you know. Sure. What was the real things going on there? You know, I have the opportunity to visit like uh, some of the uh, bankers and stuff in Berlin, you know, and yep. still they have the ruins there, you know, but they, they, they don't show much, man. Like I was yeah. expecting to see more about it, you know, on the machine. Uh, but everything that they have there in the machine is more like a propaganda of the Jewish, you know, history and survivors there you know but not much about what was like a, the position of germany in the war so i mean i think it's one of the most horrible war you know that happens in history yeah uh and if you get to the point why you know is like right. you know, would make it a little bit sad you know about yeah. that history why you know yeah yeah um so here's a sad fact uh south africa um they actually uh glorify hitler um in in school and they teach a very twisted um narrative of world war ii and it's a very popular name for children between mm -hmm the 70s and 90s you mean to this day they do this in there to the 90s, Not to the 90s. no it's a pre-anti-apartheid oh okay Correct. okay so pre-anti-apartheid pre yeah no it's no i mean no the cult no garrett's right the the culture pre uh you know mandela on uh, taking yep. you know uh being released in the, the end of apartheid in uh south africa 
was um, I mean, um, I mean, there's no other way. It was like a clan rally. Right. I mean, like that. It was just. I mean, they. It, it's 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 insanely bizarre. Like I, I mean, we could t- totally digress on the the history of South yeah, Africa. We could, but it, but it's <laughs> it's insanely bizarre on the continent of Africa, which you know was where Africans and Black people have come from. Yeah. Right. Um. Um. And uh, a lot of a lot of the ancestors at Henderson and his neighbors and everything, even from the the Dominican, um, come from as well. Um, but on the continent of Africa, there is there's a country still to this day which has a massive um, white population, and for decades um, belittled, uh, controlled, um, and made made dream, made Jim Crow laws in this country. Yep. Uh, look like a Sunday school lesson. Yep. Um, yeah. And it was just, it was unbelievable. The atrocities that, um, that, that were, that happened in, in South Africa. And yeah, what they taught, I mean, it's an interesting fun fact you brought up Garrett. It, what they, I mean, the, 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 the twists of history and what's taught and everything mm-hmm. in, in, in school rooms, but to, to, the, to Tenderson's point, the significance of world war two, right? So, so again, we talk about the twisted ends of history and everything like that, but I mean, the Dominican and Haiti, um, the Island, you know, where, you know, you know, where, um, where Henderson calls home didn't play a significant role in world war two yet. It was still a significant part of world history that it was still taught in school. Do you know, that's you know what happened. Do you know what's happened by that date in the Dominican Republic? So we have the dictator Trujillo by that time. Yeah. Okay. And and Dominican Republic all uh, Trujillo was a guy that was positioned as president in the Dominican Republic after the invasion from the United States. So that was like uh, one of Americans like uh, guys there. Oh, really? He was placed there by the Americans? Yeah. And then became and then he become uh, uh, a dictator, you know? Oh. Yeah, we've never done that before. So um <laughs> this guy <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so this guy uh he he said that he gonna send like a san dominican traps to fight against germany and hitler's just took a piece of paper and he was like a where's dominican republic uh there and he just put the cross on the on the map and he was i'm done already with them wow wow so that was uh part of the world war ii in the dominican republic wow that's crazy because like if correct wow. me if i'm wrong here henderson like y'all still sub- celebrate y'all's independence day on february 27th 27th yes um and that but that goes back to um 1844 1844 yeah 1844 when when it when i guess you guys when you there was the split from haiti and the, there's actually the two countries yeah right yeah so so yeah, we, even I know recover the country from from Haiti because we have a Haitian invasion by that time. Okay, so I I think Justin already put it up on screen, but I have to laugh again at Mark's comment. I know Jose Blanco was blending and rolling cigars for the Allied. <laughs> you know it's true. You know it's true. It's a hundred percent true. <laughs> I love that. They come so, from that time, huh? You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He was he was George, he was George Patton, his, man. George Patton already in his early 30s by then. <laughs> I think Jose was. Um, so, Bear, did you know about the connection with uh, uh, the Allied invasion 
on June 6, 1944, and famous author of Catcher in the Rye, J.D. Salinger. Um, <clears throat> um, you're going to have to refresh my memory. I, I, As soon as you start talking about it, I'll, I'll know the significance of it. Um, um, oh, crap. Um, I, yes, I've, I've heard of it, but I won't take, I won't take any credit after you tell what it is. And I, I agree well, about it. So really, uh, and, and this was just for me finding this on, uh, on one of the sites that was put together by the men who were there. Um, uh, Salinger was actually one of the soldiers in the second wave and he, he had some of the pre-written chapters of, of the not yet published catcher in the rye oh, in, in his fatigues with him. Oh, Amongst his other, you know, his his diary and his Bible and whatever else he might have carried with him, he had some of the first couple chapters written that, that he right. carried with him. Crazy. That's right. No, so yeah, so that was Utah Beach. He went up on Utah, so okay. he wasn't on the first wave of Omaha Beach, but yeah, it was like the the yeah he went he went into Utah, which was there was there was less. I mean, plenty of people died on Utah Beach. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. um, but yeah, Omaha was the um. Um, was the, um, the unfortunately the death pit and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a chance where, you know, JD Salinger is a person we've never heard of. You know, I'm going to talk about some interesting twists in history. Um, uh, later on, I have got a, I've got a couple stored away. Um, but it's, 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 it's crazy how, you know, uh, you know, we talk about, we're talking about Operation Overlord D-Day, right? This entire event is not even discussed today it doesn't even happen yeah if an englishman takes a shot a wide open point bomb i mean a wide open shot at a young adolf hitler in world war one who's totally exposed out of the bunker it was just him and a single englishman and i mean there was no ceasefire i mean they were still at war and for whatever reason the englishman didn't take a shot at hitler yeah it's crazy right it is this never happens this never happens the holocaust doesn't happen d-day right. doesn't happen george Patton is probably a significant general in, in in american history but nowhere near nowhere near the legacy of the as dwight eisenhower is never elected president right right well and you know I, we can play the what if game all day long but who would be in the wings if Hitler wasn't in that spot? There was, there was a handful of other um, high-profile SS officers that I'm sure would have wreaked as much, if not more, havoc. You know, playing the what-if game. It's it's possible. I mean, because yeah. some of the some of the people who ended up being his, you know, his confidants. You know, whether you're talking about Goering or Bormann. Right. I mean. They they were exactly. with him from from early on. Some of them were, um, yeah. and and some of them were. Um, uh, I don't even remember the that the name of the one who was bear. Who do you remember who early on before? I guess before the official formation of the Nazi Party, when Hitler was first starting to gain some traction uh, and some followers, there was somebody who came along who started to bankroll things for him and i don't remember who the name of who that person was but they ended up staying along hitler's side for many many years um i mean his gosh his his wealth and his his wealth and income came a lot unfortunately from i mean 
a lot from all of us all the conquests and yeah. you know obviously of the the destruction of uh, the entire jewish people along with other minorities and stuff uh but the person um oh god um it's i i know the, t- the name's on the tip of my tongue it's initials too we're talking about jd sounder obviously that's not it but um it, it's like uh, i ig farben that i think might that's be right it. That i might think be that's it. right yeah he was an industrialist uh who just yeah i mean just like many people of his time was just uh it was just taken over by you know hitler's charm and and yeah you know nationalistic attitude the, Germany would have been in some kind of chaos. Like, you know, it would have been some kind of nationalistic is socialism, communism, something would have taken over um, because that country was just in such disarray after the, you know, the, the peace accords after world war one, it was just, it was just, the city was a, I mean, that, that country was just a, a mess. And I mean, it was, yeah. it was ripe. It was ripe for, for something for like this to happen because it was just, I mean, they were waiting for, they were waiting for a later. You know? Yeah. No, real quick, not to get off topic at all, but I don't think we mentioned what we're smoking. Oh, yeah, let's do it quick because I'm having a real, real. So I, I pulled this box out of my humidor, um, and fortunately I had just enough left in the box for everybody. So this this is uh, Henderson's blend that was uh, made for the Great Smoke and for uh, Secreto Cigar Bar, uh, and this is the Secreta. Sociedad Secreta. Yeah, Sociedad Secreta. Sociedad Secreta. So people don't know much about that cigar, but that's a cigar that uh, Ronnie, Heisha, uh and me were working for a few years. And that's a combination of the Navigator blend with the King's Gold blend. That's the first time I'm hearing that. Yeah. Now you know. Now you know. I love that. How about, how about that cigar, man? How about that cigar? <laughs> so, shout, shout out to Ronnie for uh, introducing me to the Queen's Pearls for the first time. So that's mm-hmm. that cigar made my top top ten list because it well, it's fantastic. Uh, but I smoked shout one out this morning. Shout out to Ronnie. My, that was my first cigar this morning. Is is a morning cigar, man? It's yeah, uh, yeah. it's the perfect coffee cigar. I it, call. Gosh, it's my favorite cigar with coffee. So this cigar right here, I mean. Is a is a is a medium body, but there's uh, the combination of tobacco that we're using here, you know, to make it that sophisticated blend, the aroma, the flavor, the complexity, the balance of that blend, you know, you just make make the cigar in a perfect spot for a medium body, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we're using a Connecticut broad leaf as binder over the you know with a San Andreas wrapper, you know, that creates some nice sweetness, like a, some kind of cocoa. Uh, sweetness and 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 the retro hell that cigar is just a bomb of flavor, you know. That yeah, the the retro hell on this cigar is no joke. It's it is. It's I, I tried a little, and now I'm I'm done. Um, I can't retro from from this point on because it will tear me up from the floor up. I I did plant a cigar for me, you know, for the gray smoke. Uh, I've been smoking a ton of those cigars because it's a cigar that you can smoke it that's when you create a, a cigar that have a great balance mm-hmm. a blend you know that's what happened you smoke the cigar and like i'm smoking the cigar right now is go halfway i'm already like uh, looking at the box like if you have some more like uh, to keep smoking that cigar yeah you know? yeah um the cream is uh, 
and uh, and that like a hint of spice, like a, a very mellow in the back, you mm -hmm. know. It just make like a, a great experience with that smoke. Well, and shout out to Ronnie. Hope you get better, yeah. brother, and, you know, hope you get better soon, brother, and you heal up. Uh, he had surgery um, <laughs> almost a week ago. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, it was about a no week idea. ago. Yep, on his knee. He's getting better, man. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a, a fighter. He's, he's a little, little, little beast. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little beast? Little, little I love it. Beast, man. That's my boy. Well, the the last um, the last point I wanted to uh, go over uh, for myself and Bear, if you have more, I, I would love to hear them. But um, you know, one of the things about uh, the you know Operation Overlord was there there was a lot of um, uh, espionage going on surrounding the preparations for it, and the British did a lot of the preparations uh, and the planning of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but there were also some double agents who. Uh, hid information and and made Germany think that it was going to be in one place and it ended up being another in different times and places, things like that. But as things went on and the after the heavy casualties that the Allied forces took early on, and then they were able to start taking over positions and gaining more and more ground, the Germans realized that they were in bad shape and they needed reinforcements but some of the soldiers and reported and wrote in their memoirs later that they, at the time that they went to go uh, talk to Hitler about the situation and um, get consultation for reinforcements, Hitler was asleep and they were all too afraid to wake him. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things that actually delayed the Germans sending in reinforcements, mm -hmm. which made it even easier for... Uh, once the Allies gained enough position for them to basically push the push back the even even the possibility of reinforcements in that area, so yeah, Hitler was asleep and they were too afraid to ask, so they just waited until he woke up. So I went to um, uh, college with a, a guy from the UK, and he was he was older, um, but. He said, uh, he said, one of the things that frustrates me is um, in dealing in talking with people from the United States about World War II is, he said, the arrogance. I, and, he, and he prefaced it by saying, I am grateful and thankful for the amazing sacrifice and, and uh, the United States and Canada and other countries finally coming to the war effort but when talking to americans especially the arrogance that they have for world war ii being their war to win um he said is really disheartening when for years we stood by and watched our city be bombed and um the turmoil that they went through was just a really unique perspective that i don't think we get to hear very often or think about you know, that they endured a lot for years before we even came into the war. And we tend to we tend to think of things the way we have them presented to us, whether it's yep. the history books that we read mm. or the history professors that teach it to us. The movies, the movies we watch, TV shows, documentaries, things are presented in a certain light. And that's, you know, unless we seek outside of that, that's the only way we get. Absolutely. Yep. No doubt. 
And yeah, it's, it is true that especially in Europe, right. You know, because obviously Pearl Harbor happened. That was the thing that was U S soil. Yes. Right. Um, yet at the same time, uh, most of Europe felt directly the shooting, the bombing, the killing on their own, in their own houses, in their own streets. Yep. Um, to a greater degree than than the United States did. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I mean, um, I mean, for a majority of America, you know, the war never, I mean, metaphorically speaking, the war came, the war came to the front yards of, of American neighborhoods, um, you know, with, uh, you know, telegrams and, you know, chaplains, you know, delivering sad news of brothers and sons, um, husbands and fathers dying um but that pales in comparison to what what garrett was talking about which is um i mean the the fragmentation of you know of for 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 centuries the center of the (laughs) civilized world yeah you know i mean um my 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 sister is a a brilliant um art historian and she's a registrar at the whitney she also worked uh, at the metropolitan museum of art in new york as well um so shout out to my sister and everything but um i mean the monuments man is a great is a great story about the the tragedy of of not just the tragedy of loss in in other than life you know Mm -hmm. we talk about the great works of art great buildings um that were centuries old and um just destroyed to nothing and these were people's home you know these were people's homes these were people's backyards these were people's communities these were people's churches um i mean it it's it 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 hit different it hit different um sure you know isolate isolationism is a is a really bitter topic yeah for both for both world wars right it's like okay Mm -hmm. um you know because i mean like i mean fast forward fast forward decades right and here we are you know, how many times do we hear about, you know, Americans entering in conflicts around the world and they're like, that's not our war. You know, that's not our, you know, that's not our fight. You know, but, you know, it's, you know, where's the balance, you know, where, yep. where, you know, where does the, where, where's the argument for and against and everything. So, yeah, um, it's, it's interesting how it took two world wars for American ideology to shift into this. I don't think there, I don't think, at least in our lifetime, I don't think we're ever going to witness America ever standing by again in in, a, in an isolationist state, and at least to the to the extent of calling it isolationism. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so before we jump uh, uh, into another topic, Bear, is there anything else that you wanted to share about uh, this event? Uh, well, you mentioned you mentioned the uh, the espionage that was going on. This is the really really cool part of the history of D Day. Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned about the counterintelligence that was going on. So you know, um, I, I've met I've mentioned George S. Patton several times tonight. You know, big cigar lover, um, great uh, great uh, iconic general in World War II history, <laughs> and um, he had he had garnered so much respect from the third reich and its generals including their 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 patent which was erwin rommel um that they they absolutely you're talking about arrogance a second ago uh garrett they had they absolutely believed wholeheartedly that 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 an invasion of europe would not occur without george Patton 
leading the charge. So this was a really brilliant move by the Allied forces, much to the chagrin of, of General Patton himself, who had to sit it out. But uh, Operation Quicksilver uh, was a, an entire six division fake army that was you know led by led by Patton making the quote fingers for people listening later led by Patton and the 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 landing point was supposed to be in Calais which was further north than Normandy and even with the weather and like you'd mentioned Hitler taking a nap and all this stuff it's just crazy um and even I mean I mean uh they they, I mean three days after D-Day had occurred uh the German forces wouldn't reinforce would not reinforce Normandy because they believed the bigger attack was still yet to come. They thought it was a diversion. 10,000 Allied deaths, and they thought that was a diversion. It yeah. took till July 21st. A lot of people don't realize it took till July 21st to actually fully take Normandy. Not the beach, but to take Normandy itself. Oh, I didn't um, know. It was three weeks? Yeah, it took three or weeks. No, sorry. That's more. A little, well, a little now. bit longer. Yeah. Like yeah, a little seven bit longer. Weeks, eight weeks. Yeah. That's wow. Holy crap. I, I didn't I had no idea. I didn't either. I was yeah. in my head I was thinking after the beach falls. I was thinking all like two weeks maybe yeah. tops. Yeah. Wow. That's cr- July 25th. 21st. 21st. Unreal. Man. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean it wouldn't made impossible. I mean there was so much respect for Patton. They just believed that he was going to be the one to lead the charge and um you know, he had a you know, he had a great part in the the defeat of the Germans overall, you know, when he was brought back into operation and everything. But, um, but yeah, um, five, there's five sectors. Normandy, everyone knows about Omaha. Everyone, most people know about Utah, Uh, but there were three other uh, beaches. Anyone want to name them? All three beaches? How many? The the three there. So there were five total. Omaha and Utah are the most popular people, the ones that people know, but there are three other ones. <laughs> these guys, <laughs> these guys over at the peanut gallery said Habano, Maduro, and Connecticut. It's close. It's close. It's close. Um, I mean, I mean, you could paint metaphors across that. You know, so yeah. Um, um, Kansas. So, so I guess your Connecticut, your Connecticut beach would be the Gold Beach. Gold is one of them. Okay, Gold Beach. That's so. One. Um, a Maduro would probably be the sword, the power, right? You know. Yeah. Sword. And Habano, the um, I, I don't know. I'm 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 not going to try to invent a metaphor. It's the last beach. <laughs> what was the name of the of the last beach? Juno. Juno. Oh, Juno. Juno. Yeah. So Juno, Juno Sword, Juno. Gold, Omaha, and Utah. Yeah, it was. It was just a. It was a such a big day in history, and um, there's a lot of great content out there about it. You know, if every if if you're a movie buff, there's a lot of great movies. If you're a oh, documentary incredible. buff, there's a lot of great documentaries. If if you're a reader, there are there have to be at this point tens of thousands of books written about it uh, by his by historians and by people who were actually there. So um, I, I we just recommend that you guys um, you know look into it and learn as much as you can about it because. History is important. It's yeah, history is important, and events like this are, um, you know, they're they're really generational events. That uh, if not for you know the I, I don't remember who there was some famous coach at one point that said, um, luck is the confluence of 
preparation and opportunity. Uh, and you, you have to have a little bit of luck or providence or call it whatever you want on your side in an event like this, because certain, certain little details within this massive event, if they hadn't gone the way they did, all would have fallen apart. Yep. So, uh, you know, the preparation and the sacrifice mixed with some of that providence that just put everything into place. You know, that's, that's really why most of us are here today. So we're, we're grateful Indeed. for everything that happened that day. And, you know, even the sacrifice, it sounds, sounds strange to say we're grateful for the sacrifice, but there is a, there, there is a somber sort of gratefulness that comes along with it. And, you know, we, we echo that with, with uh, everybody out there who's uh, remembering what happened today. So, you know, a, a drink to those who, uh, who passed and uh, salute, salute, salute. Um, so we had talked a little bit about, I don't, I, and I'm sorry, Barry, I don't recall exactly. There was somebody's cigar show and I don't remember if it was yours or coops or dojos. Somebody did a segment within the last few years, maybe more than once where they took classic movies and tried to recast them with people from the cigar industry. And I thought that was hilarious and I loved it. Um, but I'm going to, I wanted to kind of simplify things a little bit tonight and take a couple, just two classic movies, um, at least movies that I consider to be classics that are, that are completely different movies, by the way, that we're going to go through tonight. I was going to say, are we staying on theme or like we're going to do like Dumb and Dumber or something? Like, No, they're very, there are two movies and each one of them are completely different, not only in, in genre, but also in, in the, the time frame that they came out. Okay. Um, and we're funny. not going to, we're not going to go with cigar industry people where I, I, I went out on online and pick, did some picking and choosing of some, you know, movies from long ago that um, if they were to be remade today, um, who are some of the current uh, really popular uh, actors in Hollywood who may take over these roles? Oh, yeah. Really this is my jam. Oh, hell so, yeah. Let's do it. The first movie is one that is pretty weird, but it's it's sort of a nostalgia movie for me because I was I was a big fan of the comic books when I was a kid. And when the movie came out, it was unfortunately a little disappointing. You can look back at it now and say that it's campy and hilarious, but as a as a film, it's shit. Green and Lantern? that is Flash Gordon. Okay. So Flash up on the screen here, we have we have these are the what I would I consider to be the three really main characters of the movie. You're talking about 1980 Flash Gordon, by the way. You're talking about 1980 Flash Gordon. So. Okay. You've got uh, Flash Gordon, the original, played by Sam Jones. Um, and then you've got Ming the Merciless, played by the legendary Max von Sydow. And then you've got Dale Arden, played by the beautiful Melody Anderson. Um, so I looked at these characters and at these roles and said, okay, today, let's say, you know, because you know as well as I do, if somebody's going to remake this movie, it's probably going to be Disney. Um, which, you know, it, it, in a way kind of sounds sad, but they've, you know, in the different universes, whether you're talking Star Wars or Marvel or whatever, they have done a pretty good job at uh, putting out content in the last 
um, number of years. So here are my three picks. And Bear, I want you to pick out of these three I'm going to put on screen. Okay. If, if Flash Gordon was going to be remade today, here are the three picks I'm going to give you to choose from for the role of Flash Gordon. So we have Chris Hemsworth, Channing Tatum, and Michael B. Jordan. Out of those three, oh. who are you going to pick to play the iconic role of Flash Gordon? Oh, God, there's so much commentary here, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, so, first of all, great picks. Um, I actually had two of these. I, I didn't know how you were, what, how, what direction we were going to go with this statement. Um, by the way, I know it's not going to be in the discussion, but I just wanted for, for Prince Voltron, uh, Volton, we, we, I would just, Wayne Knight would just be Prince Volt. I'm just saying. Oh, Prince so, Volt. Um, <laughs> Wayne Knight. Um, um, but, uh, um, so, okay. So, so, okay. So let's, let's go with your theory that Disney would remake Flash Gordon. Okay. So that means in the controlled IP universe, uh, even though then, you know, they're not necessarily mixed in terms of Marvel that removes Michael B. Jordan and that removes Hemsworth. Right. So you automatically have to put in Channing Tatum, um, it, which is the, the unsexy quick, fast answer that you, you know, that, that Hollywood kind of, kind of make, creates and makes at that point. Um, but um, logic into this. Yeah, I know. Um, but well, and then the other the other thing, too, is like, you know, one of the more popular things, too, which I which I you know, this this isn't a social comment. It's a social comment, but it's not it doesn't have any negative connotation because for me, at least personally, because I really I I like that I like that films are being remade with different perspectives. And so like like remaking different things with like, you know, all black cast or all Latino cast or or, you know, you know, the 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 oceans. I was a big oceans fan. Uh, the Ocean's Eight thing, uh, a lot of people like whiffed on that. I thought that was fantastic. You know, doing the all the all women uh, ensemble, I thought that was fantastic. Oh, I didn't see it. Um, it. It's really good. Uh, Sandra Bullock's incredible. Uh, I mean, the cast is just the cast is outstanding in that. I'm it's, in love with Sandra Bullock. Um, yeah. And you haven't seen it? Oh my god, man, she's I incredible it. in it. Um, the premise is really, really bad. Like it's campy, like you said, it's it's bad, but um, but it, it, she's 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 terrific, and it's it's really well done. Um, so I'm kind of stalling here. So like, so the answer the Michael B. Jordan would be the 2022 answer. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do like the, 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 the unsexy logical pick of Channing Tatum. I think he's the, I, too. I think he's the only one in that group that really has, um, you know, has that, that, that potential to be, you know, to kind of take, Flash Gordon to a different direction. I know a lot of people don't think that he's very talented. I happen to think he is. I think he's oh, just yeah. a different. I, I just don't think he's. I think he's very talented. Yeah, he's not. Um, and, and my wife is. My wife is absolutely in love with him. He's not Denzel. He's not Tom Hanks. Yeah. Right. He's not Daniel Day Lewis. All right. So like, I mean, uh, he's not. You know, but there's 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 a a lot of talent there. I think he. I I think he would be a great Flash Gordon. So I'm gonna go with my original answer, Channing Tatum. All right. So for the role of Ming the Merciless, now Max Fonsido. Oh God, I hope you had fun with this one. I'm so I was so excited about this. I had I had fun with it. Um, the, the Max Fonsido, for those who don't know, he he passed away within the last few years. He yeah. was one of the best actors of all time. He could he could he could play a villain Anything. like like just he played such an incredible villain, and. So as I looked at this movie, I looked for people who 
who have experience playing villains, but also have experience with with comedy because there is that campy element to it. Mm-hmm. So the picks that I have for you to choose from for Ming the Merciless are Ken Watanabe, Kenneth okay. Choi. Uh, can you put that? There we go. Kenneth Choi and Ray Fiennes. So uh, for those who don't know, Ken Watanabe has tons of experience. He was in, he was in Batman. He Batman was in begins. The Last Samurai. He yeah. was in, I'm, I'm missing a hundred things he's been in. Uh, Inception. Inception. He is he is one of my favorite actors. He he is so intense in his delivery. I absolutely love to watch him on the screen. Um, Kenneth Joy has been in Sons of Anarchy and Wolf of Wall Street, and I know I'm missing a bunch of other stuff. Oh, he's, everything! Like he's in Nine One One now on Fox. Yeah, like he's yeah. just like great um, character and, actor. And for Ray Fines, I put Ray Fines in there because he has range. Like 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 Max von Sydow had, he has range for comedy. He has range for, for playing. I mean, obviously villains, you know, he was Voldemort for God's sake. So he's, you know, he's got experience with that. So I just these say his three, name. Oh, I just said his name. Dang out, it. Out, of, out of these three uh, actors bear, which one are you going to choose for the recasting <sighs> of the, the new version of flash Gordon? Man, Dude, I love this, play. man. I love this, man. Yeah. This was man, my, great picks. Right oh, Henderson's got a complaint. No, okay. Is Ronnie Hayes? Oh, Ronnie's Ronnie's in the comments and he's yeah. blowing the comments up. So we don't have to put all Ronnie's comments on the screen. <laughs> I'm just saying there's no law says we got to put Ronnie's comments on the screen. Hey, man, I just <laughs> we were, we like, were giving it. We were giving him praise earlier. What? Why is he complaining? I just hear advertisements. He's just trolling us. Shut up. Oh, he's also blowing up my phone. <laughs> we love you, Ronnie. We, we we got a show to do, Ronnie. We love you, but we got a show to do. Um, <laughs> and this isn't this isn't a Henderson show. Henderson just happens. Yeah, to be Hender- town, Henderson hanging happened. out. Yeah, this is a Bear Duplissy show. Henderson's in town visiting with us, and we were like, "Hey, come hang out with us tonight uh, while I, we do the show." I was telling the guys, you know, I came to for you guys. Uh, Ronnie has a broken eggplant right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I hope that you recover soon, man. <laughs> He's on some serious pain meds right now. Oh. Yeah. Get the bag of frozen peas or I don't know, whatever. So sorry. All right, let, let's okay. go. Let's reel it back in. Okay. So to recast Ming the Merciless for the remake of Flash Gordon, uh, which one of these do you choose, Bear? Um oh god, there's there. There, there's two, there's two incredible actors right here. I mean, they're, they're all three incredible actors. Um, I, I, I'm with you 100, percent Matt. Like the intensity of Ken Watanabe is, like, I think is unparalleled. Um, it, it's interesting how um he can he can play that. He has that range with with very similar delivery. Like, and that's not a knock against him. It's just he has a very distinct intensity, as you mentioned but he can deliver it with incredible range because you know like in inception he's he's half good but guy half bad guy yeah you know last samurai he's the good guy you know yeah. batman begins he's the bad guy so it's uh it's really interesting uh ray finds uh in could be an incredible bad guy mm-hmm. um i'm 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 going wild card here because i don't think kenneth i don't think kenneth Choi has ever really had the opportunity to really shine um, and I don't think I've ever really seen him as like 
he had a bit in Street Kings with Keanu Reeves where he was a bad guy for I don't know the first oh, like the opening yeah, scene of right. 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, which was probably his worst acting ever, which is terrible. Don't go watch it. Don't go watch the scene because it doesn't do Kenneth Troy justice. He's a fantastic actor. I I love to see Kenneth Troy. It's a great pick. It's a great wild card pick. Love it. Nice. Um I'm so if I can just yeah. step outside of those three. Yeah. The first name that popped into my head. Don't say Samuel Yen. Jackson. Donnie Yen. I'm not familiar with Donnie Yen. Ip Man. I've never seen it. Um, wow. Bear, anything? Uh, Donnie, I'm, I mean, I've seen him in a few things. Like, I'm not, no. I'm not the, I, I think, I think so, he would be okay. Um, he's always been the good guy. Okay. It's okay. true. And I love the juxtaposition of him playing Ming. Okay. Um, that could be good. Plus, it's it's sort of comedy action. Absolutely mix. He's yeah. He can be both hilarious and I don't know. Okay, sorry, didn't mean to derail, but I just wanted. I think Donnie Yen would also be a. Good All right. So, uh, for the final part in this movie, uh, the role of Dale Arden is is it's really one of the early examples of the damsel in distress also taking on uh, taking on the, the the warrior princess role where she's you know she's kind of a badass too and um melody anderson played it great and um so these are the three modern day actresses that i chose for you to pick from to be recast in the remake of flash gordon playing the role of dale arden first we have Margot Robbie, mm. and then we have Ana de Armas, <sighs> and then we have Alexandra Daddario. Her eyes, I could get so, lost in those eyes. Out of those three to play the role of Dale Arden, Bear, which one are you going to choose? Um, Margot Robbie is like the obvious, like the obvious, like choice. I think like Alexandra Diario is like one of the, like I think she's kind, she's, she's kind of on the rise a little bit. Um, I mean, for the most part. I mean, I mean she's she's. I mean, it's it's terrible. Like like some of her most iconic films that she's been in are like the remake of Baywatch. Yeah, you know the Percy Jackson Chronicles, the Texas Chainsaw. She did a Texas Chainsaw some massacre. Like it's just, um, yeah. you know, she's in a TV series called The Girlfriend Experience and stuff. Like, like she's she's the girl that I like. I want to like. I want her to see her emerge from these, like just role. Like she's she's just the face, right? Because I think I there I think there's I think there's a little Banff in her man so I yeah she's and <laughs> uh, the Armist is a really good choice too I, I really you know that's the that's the 2022 pick right um, and she's, she's got great she's a, and she's got great she's really young and she's got really good range I mean she's been she was in War Dogs she was in Knives Out she was the she's one of the new Bond girls love she's love her in Knives Out holy she's fuck, really good she's so good that's so good yeah. uh, and you know. Um, I mean, she and she dated Ben Affleck for a while, you know. Oh, so. did she? I didn't know that. Yeah. So Henderson's, uh, like, Henderson's got something that's like. I'm just surprised when you where you guys find like all those old movies, man. Like, oh, like we're old, man. Like, <laughs> well, no. So, so, so Henderson, you don't you don't understand you don't understand the the fraud 
that you are sitting in the middle of. Oh so, so, Gar- so, Gar- so Garrett and Matt play this, this, this con, the long con of playing it off that they're old and they're really not like, you know, Matt <laughs> supposedly turned, Matt supposedly turned 50 last year, which is like fucking horseshit. Still haven't seen the driver's license. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Garrett, you know, like, I'm pretty sure he, you know, he re- re- uses the reverse chest for men and puts the gray in his beard. Wow. Um, so, like, oh, like they say that they say they were smoking in the boom when they were, like, just in, you know, they were in middle school like me. So, like, you know, um, <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 quite comical. Like, to I, I want if it, if it is true, I want it when I turn 50, I want to look like Matt because like, it's, it's, I mean, it's insane. You, shave, you look like a 18 years old guy, man. Like, oh, dude. Yeah. No, I, I'll never shave. Like, It'll never happen. You, man? Like, like you, I'm 39. Yeah, you got a baby face too. I bet under that beard. I oh, wouldn't know. I haven't. I haven't shaved since <laughs> I was like thirteen. So, I haven't been. I've been clean. Sh- I was clean shaven a couple of times in high school, but for the most part, I like had, you know, facial. I've, I've had. I've had facial hair of some kind almost on a permanent state since I was thirteen years old. I think it's just not proper, like those old movies, <laughs> like for you guys' age. Oh, no, the- oh, with, I love film, man. Old. I love film. So, great. so Bear, who is who is your pick for, um, uh, Didario, Didario. Okay, yeah. and honestly, it's it's no, so so. Justin, go back to the first Flash Gordon picture. They, she really, Didario looks a lot like Melody Anderson. I right. mean, there's mm-hmm. really a lot of similarities. They've got, you know, big uh, um, eyes, eyes, eyes is what I was mm-hmm. eyes. They have, yep. yeah. So yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities. Um, uh, so let's. All right, next movie. Field of Dreams. Oh, like oh, dude. Oh, Field of Dreams. So and, and oh, you, you're Field gonna do Dreams. this. You're gonna Field do this Dreams to me. Is, Field of Dreams is too. It's too new to do a remake of. Well, Field of Dreams came out. Don't 19. don't say it. Thirty three years don't ago. Don't say it. Thirty three years ago. Yeah. Field of Dreams Miguel, came out. Miguel Shadell and I ago. did a thirtieth anniversary three years ago on on my show. All right, so That's the crazy. three I t- I picked um, uh, the three top roles from this movie, um, and that is uh, obviously Ray Kinsella, played by oh, Kevin Costner, Terrence yeah. Mann, played by James Earl Jones, and oh Shoeless, my God, Shoeless Joe Jackson, played by uh, the the recently deceased uh, Ray Liotta. May he rest in peace. Um, so for the role of uh, Ray Kinsella made uh, iconic by Kevin Costner. Here are the three picks I have for you to choose from. Josh, Josh Lucas, who ironically plays young Kevin Costner in the Yellowstone series. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, Paul Rudd and Michael Fassbender. So of those three, who are you going to pick to recast as Ray Kinsella in the new Field of Dreams remake? I know he plays the young Kevin Costner, um, but I'm punting Josh Lucas as far as as far as I can get him. Nothing against him. Not, I just I'm just this 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 is this is this is sacred ground for me. This is my favorite film of all time. Yeah. This is my favorite film That's of why all I time, it. and it's. I mean, this is this is almost sacrilegious to think about recasting it or doing a remake. Um, but for me, um, but I, I, I mean, I, this was very hard to pick just three 
uh, modern age actors to to remake this movie. It was very difficult for me to narrow it down to three. Yeah, so. I, I just whenever time I think of Paul Rudd, I just think of Sex Panther. It's just <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> like fuck, you know. Sixty oh. percent of the time, percent of the time, it, it works, works every time. Every time. It smells like pure gasoline. Um, <laughs> smells like Bigfoot's dick. Um, <laughs> oh man, uh, it's got it's got. I I think I think you know with all joking aside, I think Rudd could could handle it because it <clears throat> it's this weird kind of funny role. You know, Kinsella plays this um, this ex hippie that yeah. he's kind of grown up and. And everything like that and you know um and it's so i think i think i think hollywood chooses rudd um but i want i want somebody i want the best to to take on that role so i'm going to take fastbender yeah um, yeah and he, he has you know again he has tons of range he's he can i i think he could honestly uh not to you know, no pun intended, knock that role out of the park. I really do. He's, he's, uh, he really could do it. Um, okay. So not, next, not Polly Shore, not, uh, no. Okay. Uh, all right. No. Next role. Um, one of my favorite on screen roles that any actor has ever played is yes. Terrence Mann, played by, uh, the great James Earl Jones. Um, obviously played just fantastically in the movie. So here are the three picks for, the recasting of the remake. You have Forrest Whitaker, Denzel Washington, and Tyler Perry. This is the easiest choice in the world. It's Denzel Washington. Yes. You, yes. you have to. Yeah. There's, um, with all respect to those two, and I'm a big Forrest Whitaker fan too. Huge um, Forrest Whitaker did, fan. Um, Field of Dreams is my favorite, my favorite film of all time. My favorite actor of all time is Denzel. Um, so, uh, it's Denzel. If someone's gonna, if someone's gonna replace, um, in my opinion, one of the greatest characters, um, in film, in, in, in modern film, you know, post, I would say post 1960s, <laughs> um, it's gotta be, it, in my opinion, one of the greatest actors of this era, which is, which is Denzel. So, uh, it's gonna be Denzel. Chad, it's, I am way, I am way too old to play Shoeless Joe. In the in in the in the field of dreams universe, Shoeless Joe was was a young man. I'm way too old to play Shoeless Joe. Um, all right. So speaking of Shoeless Joe, uh, originally played uh, like we mentioned by Ray Liotta. Um, here are the three picks you get to choose from uh, to play Shoeless Joe in the new remake: Miles Teller, Ryan Gosling, or Zac Efron. Okay, first foremost are any of them left-handed i don't know that is uh the, that's a really good point because the uh, biggest faux pas in the whole movie yeah it's is not. not yeah the biggest faux pas in the movie field of dreams is that ray liotta who never played baseball by the way and learned so props to him uh but he's right-handed so um yeah that was a that was a big um there's a big 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 big, big mess Yep. Um, by Hollywood. Um, but to that being said, uh, Ray Liotta, um, um, you know, I, I actually made a actually made a small tribute to him uh, when he passed yeah, away it. last week. That was good shit, um, man. 
Thank you. Um, I his his character really taught me that you know that you know that that you know is 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 as funny as it is that the dreams can come true. You know, it doesn't matter how how long and how you know how long it takes. You can you can find it. So, um, but um, I'm 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 give okay. So Miles Teller, Ryan Gosling, and then what's the third one? I'm sorry, Zac Efron. And okay, I just I'm thought of another one that I should have put on the list because he has baseball movie experience, and that's Chris Pratt. I was just going to say Chris Pratt would be my and and Chris, if I'm not mistaken, Chris Pratt is not actually a lefty, but he played a lefty in yeah, Moneyball. Moneyball. Mm -hmm. That's, that's so, true. Um, yeah, we'll throw we'll throw that in as a fourth bonus. Um. Well, I'm I'm punting Zach Efron. Um, okay. him and him and Lucas can, you know, they can be in the next galaxy, um, together. Um, <laughs> miles, my, my, miles, miles teller is, uh, you know, it's kind of like the, the insert here, you know, just because he's, he's, he's a fabulous actor. Um, so, sorry, real quick. Shoeless Joe Jackson through right batted left, bad left. That's correct. Okay. But in the movie, uh, he was batting right. And and Hatterberg correctly, and and Pratt plays Hatterberg, who threw right and batted left as well. So same 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 concept. So, um, I know Pratt's kind of the obvious choice. I, <sighs> Pratt, I think Pratt's a little too goofy for Shoeless Joe. So Shoeless Joe was so first of all, Shoeless Joe was uh, in real life, um, was very um was very deadpan and he was very um he was he was he was ignorant yeah um very shy um, because of his ignorance very yeah. yeah very shy because of his ignorance um let it all out on the field um and um there's a fabulous book called eight men out um there also mm -hmm. became a film too where you can actually learn a little bit more about the, the real the, the real shoeless show and, and the type of character that he actually was in real life i think ray liotta did a fine job of of bringing that character to life. But I think in, in reality, I think, I think Ryan Gosling could probably play him. Yeah. Play the real shoeless show a yeah, lot I better. Agree. So he's, um, he, Gosling's got a, he's got some history of playing that sort of deadpan, um, shy, aloof sort of, um, sort of character. Well, with this, this vibrant confidence that comes out at key points, like, you know, get, yeah. you know, He's very quiet in Gangster Squad, but he's very he's a very he's very confident. Yeah. Um, he you know he has, um, you know that I don't know I I just think I think Ryan Gosling would would uh, would 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 do that role justice. Man, this was tough. Man, good picks though. Good picks. Oh yeah, this is we'll, we'll do this again. This was this oh was people will come Ray. Uh, they will people, come. People people most definitely come. <laughs> oh oh. Gives you chills right, every time so, I think about it. Uh, the the last thing, and we're going to go back to cigars here. Um, and this is really just kind of a an, a question about the overall expectations. Um, um, what are your expect? Because we're really close to it now. So, what are your expectations overall for um, how things are going to be at this year's twenty twenty two PCA? trade show you know because last year was 
you know, it was it was different, obviously. Um, put together in a very short timeline. This year's trade shows been in the planning stages for uh, you know, one would hope a year or so. So what are right. your what are your overall expectations? Um, to, to what context? I mean, are we talking about well, like, uh, bigger, smaller attendance vibe? Oh. Um, uh, whether, you know, if, if it's going to be, if things are going to be amped up and ramped up, so to speak, uh, versus last year, that kind of thing. Um, well, I think, uh, contextually speaking, it will still feel very small, uh, for anyone who attended, uh, 2019 or before trade shows, it'll feel, it'll still feel small. Right. Um, uh, 2021 was a smaller trade show. Those, um, the um, I think it was really it it was it was a really it was a really great vibe. Yeah, everyone wanted to be there. You know, um, you know, it, it, if you want to look at it in a microcosm, it's 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 interesting. And I'm not just saying this because he's here, but it's interesting that Henderson's sitting with us today because the Sutliff Tobacco booth, which had all these these fantastic brands that get distributed by them, um, was a microcosm of what that trade show yes. was like yeah. that booth was vibrant. it was vibrant everyone was having a good time the energy was really great you didn't need loud obnoxious music to do it uh it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't fake it was just like it, the 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 vibe was just really great sorry so like this is my big like this, i'm totally outing myself here like this is the big my biggest beef with the cigar industry i don't understand the like the need for loud music like at every cigar event like I don't understand. I, I'm like, man, cigars are about conversation and stuff like that. I don't under, like. I don't understand the need for loud music. But teach their own. You know what are you gonna do? Exactly right. And that just makes me the asshole, right, for saying that. So, <laughs> so um, no, and 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 that, and I respect that. You know, that's again, that's why you know I would I would never dare say, hey, turn the music down. Um, I'm never. I'm not that big of an asshole. Just I'm just like I don't. Yeah. Uh, I know um, some that did. I mean, the trade show is gonna be what it is, you know, for forever, you know. Yeah. Now you have, uh, you know, some of the big company that pull up, saying, you know, the biggest. Yeah. And you can you can notice that like a uh, big time because the space that they used to take on the on the trade show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you always gonna see like new faces, new brands showing up, you know. The retailers, the one you have, they switch. You know, one year you have some that they not show off in the show. You have some that gonna be there. You know, is is I think it's part of the culture already. Mm -hmm. and, and, no, people, I, I, and people want to hang out. People want to you know see the deals, the new product that coming out every year. You know, yeah, uh, be part of the culture of the cigars in the United States already. I think. Uh, you're gonna have some slower year, and then you're gonna have some years that are gonna pump again. So, yeah, I I agree. I think, you know, to Henderson's point, it, it you know, in years past, I mean, think about this from just a just from from a media perspective, right? You know, we covered the trade show. I mean, uh, Gary, you were never a, a part of the the trade shows that I was referring to with the larger right. footprint. Yep. But Matt, I mean, Matt, I mean, how you know. You know, and and this and I say this as respectfully as possible because they gave us great time, they gave us great insight, and they gave us great information. Yeah. But the, the the big four would just they would eat up a they would eat up a day because oh, it takes two hours two hours to go through each of those booths, and then you miss out on meeting someone like Henderson, 
right right who has such who has such an extraordinary story to tell right and there's <laughs> there's 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 amazing people there's amazing people like him right and so we without that without that larger footprint we get to we get to we get to we don't have to make that choice I mean, right we don't have problem. to make that sacrifice and same thing from the retailer's perspective too they don't have to like oh i need to go do my general order right um but i really want to check i've heard great things about this henderson guy but i really need to go you know i need to go do my general order uh, i'll just catch henderson next time well now mm -hmm. he doesn't have to make that choice they, they don't have to make that choice they can go they can go it's see a, henderson it's time it seems, you know um you have the the traditional company that always been there you know that's what people recognize uh and I will say me as uh, as a brand owner, I think is uh, the, my third year. The The first year with the brand, I, I wasn't there. Uh, I participated last year with the Aventura, you know. I mean, with, with the time, you know, more people were going to recognize Aventura cigars. and, and But it's not like uh, they missing, they not passed by Aventura because uh, it's not, I don't have an interesting story to tell you just... Uh, not much people know me you know yeah it's, it's just now that i'm coming out you know into into the american market and showing my brand you know uh i think you, you need to put the job together you know you need to work for right you know yeah well we're excited for it one way or another and uh obviously interested to see what it looks like and feels like compared to last mm -hmm. year um and man it's like i said it's the days are ticking by man it's going to be here before we know it so yeah uh, definitely it's a month it's a month away that's month right away. it's gonna be amazing yeah yeah what uh i'm 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 like the new guy in the industry you know i'm excited you know i have a long way to go mm -hmm. i have a lot of new things coming we have new product to show um i have a lot of people that i need to meet still you know yeah, there there is a lot of people that I don't know there. I want to meet those people, you know, uh, and and get to hang out with my with the people that I already know, you know. Yeah, is uh, I've been, you... I've been I've been like uh, I've been in the trade show since 2011. Right, I've been participating in the show since I was 21 years old. Yeah. So, but that's a brand exposure, you know. It's just been two years now. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good year. It's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. Year. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be fantastic. I I think I think I think it is. I think it's going to. Uh, there, I mean, the PCA exclusives are gaining traction like they like they haven't been before. Mm -hmm. Um, I really think the PCA is gonna make improvements. Um, um, I I've really appreciated in recent years, in particular last year, the transparency like never before. Yeah. Um, they admitted to screwing up in areas where they screwed up uh, they admitted in opportunities um you know they they brought in three incredibly new fr uh, fresh fresh voices and fresh faces um onto the board um including jay davis who just made a comment um yeah um you know and i i i really do think um i really do think that 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 it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a fantastic year. And I think, I think, you know, call it naivete, call it over, you know, overly opt over optimism. But I just think, I think PCA is going to be good going forward. You know, yeah. I think it's that's, going to be that's the people that we need there. That's the people that we're looking for, uh, that we're looking forward to see there. Like people like Jay, you know, um, I think 
Jay's being all the old guys in the industry and the retail side that all have been supporting, you know, the, the new companies coming up and, and, you know, uh, I think everyone have a piece of the cake and, and it's because people like Jay, you know, yeah, yeah, always showing love, you know, to the new, uh, talents and new, uh, and even media like Jay is on so many shows when I, you know, chime into other, you know, uh, podcasts and whatever. Jay is yep. in so many of those. Jay's always out there oh, watching. Jay, Jay's, Jay's one of my biggest supporters. He pays one of my very close attention to what's going on yeah. out yeah. there. And he's always in the comments on ever from as far as I can tell, everybody's shows because we yeah. we watch pretty much everybody else's cigar shows because we're freaking nerds but we love it and and jay's always in the mix you in know jay we trust in jay we trust so yeah. uh that was oh. the guy that should be sitting there jay because he was participating every yeah know. well here's a here's a question for the yeah. peanut gallery <laughs> um, so we, we we're talking about we're talking about attendance too right which is always like the big oh yeah we talk about well, let's, I mean, let's, let's ask the peanut gallery is Sodi's and, uh, you know, in Ramsey show smoke shop going to be represented at PCA this year. Yeah. So he's asking you guys, Hey, Raul and Omar is Sodi Sodi's and, and Ramsey smoke shops going to rep represent at the PCA trade show this year. Yes. And yes. Both. Fantastic. Yes, absolutely. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an important event. It's uh it's family reunion, you know, more like, I mean, so many people have said over the years that, yeah, you, you go there to, retailers go there to buy cigars and cigar manufacturers go there to sell cigars but there's more to it than that it's networking it's it's a family reunion it's it's um it's conversations it's relationships and education yeah raul says red education so 100 percent. and there's so much more to it than just buying and selling that that's that's why i believe and still do and will preach it from the mountaintops forever that it's an important event to be a part of and any event whether it's PCA trade show, which I, again, I believe is a very important event, but anytime we're able to get together as, as an industry, we should, we should do, ev we should put every effort in to make it happen. Yep. Man, you have, after the pandemic, you have more cigar official now than never. Right. And always that you have people that are passionate about cigar, they're going to be trying to get involved with the cigar industry and with the cigar culture, you know? So, and this is the moment. This is the moment, you know. That's right. Trade shows, you know, events, you know. Yep. That's right. So, G Garrett, I have a question for you. Mm. Is it time? Oh, it is time. It is now time for this week's Numero, Numero de, de los, los Muertos. Muertos. And as always, Numero de los Muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. Numero de los Muertos, episode 161. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? Well, this week I have 240,000 of these 
die here every year mm-hmm. here being minnesota being america that's where we gotta go oh so we, we have to pick the location and and the cause and the what all right as always viewers if you guys have guesses leave them in the comments we are going to try to guess two hundred forty thousand people a year nope no two hundred and forty thousand of these oh die here oh of these mm-hmm. of They're... these die here mm-hmm. so these are not okay. people these are not people are okay. they animals yes okay here uh so is here minnesota or is here the united states north america it is in north america okay but texas more it is texas okay oh we're getting topical here um rattlesnakes no sir rats nope roaches no not deer not bears not salmon is it a specific uh, location salmon. in Texas? No. Okay. The entire state of Texas. Um, uh, feral hogs? Yes. Wow. Nice. Bear just hits it. Just there it goes. Going, going, gone. What do you, what do you mean disappointed in me? <laughs> Wait. T- does, who, who's who's curse who's cursing you out, Garrett? So the Mexican Ra- says Raul. that the me- oh <laughs> okay. So did that- did Raul turn in tune into the last time it was on? Because I'm pretty sure like I I got it in the fastest time ever when it was yeah. dumpster people dumpster truck. It was uh, employees. The, yeah, the die uh, garbage. Uh, garbage yeah, sanitation or, engineers, sanitation workers. Yeah. Um. Did anybody guess Niagara Falls? <laughs> I don't. I didn't see it. No. Um, the, the salmon, Chad. Oh my gosh, brother! You're, you're, you're an educated man. How did you do that? When we established te- that, that had to have been before Texas. He heard Texas. I think I'm gonna, so. give, him, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely. There. Um, so, with the uh, state population of feral hogs, do you have any idea that that number? As of uh, 2021, it's oh god, it's It's got to be probably close to 1.5 and growing just because there it's just it it's an insane they're an insane nuisance in the states ridiculous i'd say 1.5 2.6 million, million double million it double million. it bear just in texas it's just just in, in texas. texas yeah 4.8 oh, 4.8 us wide 2.6 in texas alone yeah and the dnr says that in order to stay ahead of uh the reproduction they would need to take 1.6 every year and they're only able to 240,000 yeah they're practically giving these tours away man you can grab you can you can get a tour in a helicopter and you know get a machine gun and just mow them down and they're they're practically giving the seats away they don't like they don't charge you yeah i I mean i want to do it count me in do it, man. Bring bring your friends. Yes. Friends, <laughs> Romans, countrymen. Lend me your lend me your ears. Lend and me your sights and take them out. There are certain counties that will pay a bounty anywhere yeah. from fifty dollars to one hundred and five dollars, one hundred and twenty five dollars per head. Wow. wow. Yeah. 
I'm in. Let's do Come it. Come on. All right. Oh, so that was this week's Numero de los Muertos. All right. So let's jump into the lightning round brought to us by our friends at J.C. Newman Cigar Company. They are America's oldest family owned premium cigar maker, creators of the popular Brick House. Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, and the American J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112-year-old El Relo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or their visitor experience, please visit jcnewman.com. All right. So, Barry, you've been on the show a few times, so we've got some fresh, new, I hope, I think, fresh, new lightning round questions that we haven't asked you before. Real so, quick, are you guys excited as excited about El Baton as I am? I'm just nerding uh, out the fact that they're yes. redoing it. Yep. Yes. I'm really excited about that. So yeah, that's, I know that's that's oh, gonna it, be real quick too. I, I wanted to do this at the top of the show and we launched right into D Day. But I want to give a special thanks to Bear. Because no I put out I put out a silly little thing on Facebook a few weeks ago that was, you know, um, Tell me the story of how we met, except make up some shit. <laughs> Which Bear took and doubled the fuck down on that. Yes. And wrote an amazing novella of yeah. our military and uh, covert operations to take down some big Coke dealers. Oh, and, that, that yeah. would be an epic short film. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Bear, thank you for putting that much energy and and creativity into that. I loved it so much. Oh, it was my pleasure, man. That was that was a lot of fun. I was like, I, when you were like, make some shit up. I was like, I was like, okay, so everyone's gonna do like the perverted thing, right? And drop the sex jokes and yeah. like you know, um, you know, and it was just like okay. And so I just you know, I was like, well, make some shit up. I'm like, oh. Let's go. Let's 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 make let's make this authentic, one hundred percent reeking bullshit, and just <laughs> roll with it. And uh, it was it was fantastic. And I love it. Uh, the only the only hundred percent authentic thing about that entire story is the fact that no, uh, that Garrett would always share a uh, Don Carlos double reverso with me. Just saying. Yes. So. Yes. That's exactly right. All right. So Bear, if you could have an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life and it cannot be money or cigars oh shit what would you choose uh unlimited supply unlimited supply um that's really that's a really good question um off the top of my head just to go i know there's a lightning round so um baseball baseball tickets uh, to live live baseball tickets that's, I love that. Basically. That's a great, great answer. All right. If you were suddenly, I don't use beard oil, Jay. No, yeah. this is this is one hundred. This is one hundred percent bare. Like, I don't need oil. What the? F Come how on, about man. how about Henderson? Yeah. What would yeah? What would you do if you could have unlimited, unlimited supply of anything? Can't be money or cigars. Plane tickets. Plane tickets. Oh, plane tickets. Yeah, great. definitely. For Another Henderson. great answer. Plane yes. Ticket, um love it all right so if you were suddenly a billionaire overnight what would be the first unnecessary thing that you would spend some money on after you oh. you know hired the tax attorney and did all the necessaries what would be the first unnecessary thing that you would spend money on billionaire 
Yes. By the Boston Red Sox. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I like it. Yeah, I would buy, I would buy, I would buy the Boston Red Sox. Nice. And Um, move into New York. Yeah. No, <laughs> get the fuck out of here! What the fuck? Dude, come on, that was just that was unnecessary. That was low. That was below like, the belt. That oh was, God bless! That was out of oh balance, man. Bro. Um, <laughs> no, um, I would buy the Boston Red Sox. Absolutely. There's there's a whole other digression of a di- discussion we could we can have about the billion dollars uh, <laughs> after after afterwards. But um, yeah, I want to bore our audience. But yeah, buy the Boston Red Sox. All right, Henderson. What about you? If you suddenly had a billion dollars tomorrow. What would you? What would be the first thing you would blow some money on? Money on? Yeah. Man. Unnecessary thing, like yeah, yeah like, unnecessary something, yeah. something just for fun. Just for fun. Yeah. I I, I will do a live concert like a like with my February artist just for me. What's that now? Ooh, uh, a live concert. concert. Oh, yeah, private. Like, just yes. Me just me there, nice. like. Okay, I want this artist. I want this guy to sing for me. Dope. But nice. sit down there. Like I, I, I want you to be talking and send the sound that I asked you. Nice. I like it. I love it. I like it. That's good. All right, last question. The zombie apocalypse is coming. Yes. Who are the three cigar industry people that you want on your team to fight off the zombie horde? Have you seen some of Henderson's workout videos that he posts? You know, like, <laughs> like I, I mean, kind of playing to the crowd here that he's there and everything. Um, uh, this, gosh, I can run fast, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Henderson's out. That's what he's saying. Don't pick me. I'm just gonna outrun you, Bear. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, you don't have to outrun the zombie. You just have uh, to outrun the guys so, you're with. Yeah, just have just have to outrun Bear, which is not that not that difficult. Um, so. Okay, so three cigar industry people. Uh, so Oliver Nouveau, because uh, he did that guy. That guy's a marksman. Um, uh, he 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 can, yeah. He's he's an absolute marksman. So I'm t- I'm taking that. I'm taking Oliver Nouveau on 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 Team Bear because he can. He'll he'll mow down some zombies uh, for sure. Um, so that's that's pick number one. Pick number two. I think I'd have to go with um oh god this one's a little bit more difficult than i thought it was going to be interestingly enough um so i have so so justin andrews is my pick from so from diesel cigars in general and stg and everything so i have this like this theory about justin that like you know he's like he's he's i think he's a lot i think first of all i think he's brilliant but i think he's even more brilliant than he really puts off so i i think like that like justin has like this secret bunker that he's got like you know like decades of water stored up and everything <laughs> this is just a theory that i've created up in my head um but he just seems like the type that you know is kind of like a doomsday prepper but without being like like just nuts about it like he yeah. doesn't put it out there He's just has it and everything. So I, I, I feel in this narrative that I've made up uh, in my head, I think that Justin Andrews <laughs> would be the next one. Um, and, oh man, who else would I pick uh, from the cigar industry in zombie apocalypse? Um, goodness gracious. 
So you have your marksman, you have your strategist. Yeah. Um, um, oh God, there's gotta be. That's so difficult, man. This this was this was a little hard. If you don't want, someone... well, I mean, Henderson was my third pick until he just said he would outrun me. So, like, I mean, that's just. <laughs> I mean, it was the it was the, it was the easy pick. Um, oh, man. Um. So maybe. Um. <laughs> Do you know how to cook? Do I? I yes, I know how to cook. I am You're the cook in my family. Team. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, oh goodness. This, I'm sorry. I know this is lightning round. It's terrible. Um, I'm going to go, I'm just going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for laughs here. I'm going to say Aaron Loomis because you know, Aaron hates everything. So, which means he hates zombies and maybe they'll return the favor and just like stay away. And, um, and, and we'll go with that. So, um, I um, love it. If the, for the one, you know, for the you're, you know, for the for the zombies that Oliver doesn't mow down with his AR-15 or whatever, I'm sure just Loomis will just you know just expound with help with hate just just and keep them away. <laughs> I love it. I so. rate that pick a six point two seven. That be was the great. first one though. You think of zombie man, Adam? You know that? What's that? The Adam is gonna be the first guy in the team to become a zombie together. Who? Adam. Adam. Yeah. Adam. Does it, that, that was his pick. Oh no, Aaron no. Loomis. Aaron. Loomis. Aaron Loomis. Aaron Loomis. Oh yeah. You he'll be the first one to turn. He'll, he'll be the first one to oh, turn into a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh man. Jay um. <laughs> <Gene> Davis. <laughs> Um. <laughs> oh, good stuff. No, right, that's a Henderson, good. Do you have a team? Me? Yeah. Who? Yeah. Who would be your team? Apparently, Martin. slow people. So he's picking me because yeah, he knows picking, he, 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 there's, he there's he, one of his picks. He's he can outrun me. So he's who, are your, who are your other two picks? Anymore. Oh, you pick your team already. You just got kicked off the team, you pick, Bear. You pick. You pick your team already. Who's your team? Um. I got to pick Robert. Robert Caldwell. He's another one that hates everything. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. This is going to kill somebody like, like, uh, huh. yeah. And who's the third guy? Well, who's your first guy? That's, I need to pick three or three. Ah, uh, three. So I'm going to pick Robert. I'm going to pick, um, Matt Booth. I was gonna say he was in the Marines. Matt Booth. Yeah, it's a great you pick. Know, you know, he, he remember how to take a like a like a weapon. Oh, he'll yeah. remember. Oh, in a, yeah. He'll remember in a hurry. No, the I, zombie I apocalypse. Took, yeah. I think I take Matt because I I took I took Matt for a hiking in the Dominican Republic. He made it. So. Oh, there you yeah. go. Oh, there you go. So I, I take. Uh, Dino was another crazy. Uh, Michael from the small batch. Oh, oh, from really? Small Batch Cigar? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, this guy, I take this guy. Crazy. All right. Tree. I like All it. Right. Love it. 
All right, so let's move into this week's Notable Smokables. And as always, Notable Smokables brought to us by our friends at Ace Prime. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. So each week, we name a cigar that we smoked recently that was notable to us. It could be a cigar that's been on the market for decades that we just smoked for the first time in a very long time. Or it could be a cigar brand new to the market that we just smoked for the first time ever. So, Bear, what is something you smoked recently that fits that bill? Um, just really quick, not to backtrack too much. I'm really, I'm really shocked to, based on Henderson's first theory of like, I'm going to pick Bear so I can outrun him. Why did he not pick Ronnie, who just had knee surgery? I mean, he's definitely outrunning <laughs> him. Um, but um, so sorry, I didn't mean to digress too much. Um, to backtrack, but no, uh, noble smokables. Yes, that's so no, um. <laughs> the zombie already yeah yeah, yeah um already. i um i've had a i mean i i i've had a couple of cigars that uh, i've kind of just gone back to and stuff i i i have a because i went a last year i found out that they had been discontinued so i've like i went like on a i went on a crazy buying streak of buying up as many avo domain uh 50s that i could find uh 50 mm. uh, 50s that i could find um and I grab I grabbed a, a, a horde of them and I smoked a couple in the last few weeks that have been uh, just absolutely phenomenal. I really enjoy that cigar. It's 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 a favorite of mine and and Klaus Kellner's too. Um, we we kind of bonded over that cigar and uh, uh, I had one of these uh, earlier last week too, which was the, or earlier a few weeks ago, excuse me. And then I had another one slated for tonight, which is the uh, Alec Bradley Mundial. Um, mm-hmm. Another another one that's unfortunately not on the market anymore. Um, some really really good cigars but uh new to the new to the market that i've really enjoyed um it's 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 a new vitola uh i mean it's at this point it's almost a year old but it's a it's a it's a great cigar it's another cigar that i had you know lined up for tonight uh potentially was the uh the crux bull and bear the double corona uh vitola mm, yeah. uh i think they did a really good job um blending for this size um i think it's i think it's absolutely i've always liked that blend um yeah, and I think they did a really good job with the with the double Corona. So um, nice. those are my notable smokables. Nice, uh, Garrett. What about you this week? I had a La Polina Gold. <laughs> Ooh, nice. That uh, was um, so like Bear. I was sick for you know three weeks. Yeah, and uh, it was bronchitis. It luckily didn't get to pneumonia stage, um, but. Uh, my first cigar trying, um, I didn't really enjoy it that much. And I was like, man. And then the next day I picked up a Goldie and it was fantastic. So that was my first notable out of the, out of the sick gate that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember which size Goldie it was? It was the, it was the, the long one. The, the Lance, uh, the Lancero, the original, mm, the, not the Lancero. Was it Is like the like Lon- Robusto Extra? Yeah. They had a Lonsdale-ish one, yeah. I mean, it was it was in my humidor, um, so it was a Lonsdale-ish. Okay. I, I don't know what size that is, but... Right on. Uh, mine was actually uh, the Cohiba Siri M, the new Corona Gorda size. Okay. Um, I think... A, I think a little better than the, the Toro. I, be, I believe it was the Toro that came out uh, first, um, but... I, th- I think there's bias on my part because that is a uh, size that I tend to gravitate more towards is smaller ring gauges. But uh, um, I did enjoy it. 
very much. So, uh, Henderson, we know you obviously smoke most of your own stuff, but you know, you've been traveling a little bit right now. Uh, have you smoked anything recently that you thought, Hey, this is pretty good. Do you know that I smoked a cigar this week? I don't even remember. Uh, it, it was Castal. Castagli. Castagli. Yeah. They, That's they, a good. They, uh, they make it stuff. Someone give me a cigar of those, and it was like a robusto side, like a Habano wrapper. It was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, that was pretty good. I was um, surprised about it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Good surprises are always. It's nice to find those hidden gems. Um, so that was this week's Notable Smokables brought to you by Ace Prime. Improving lives through fine cigars. Please visit aceprime.com to learn more. So to give our viewers and listeners an idea of stuff we have coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, next week, uh, we should be having a special mystery guest on the show. Uh, and you will absolutely not want to miss it. We're going to have some special reveals on the, on that show next week. So don't miss the 13th show. And then on the 20th, another show you absolutely don't want to miss. Uh, we have our good friend Ricky Rodriguez, uh, mm. who has a brand new venture starting up called West Tampa Tobacco Company. Uh, I'm very excited to get to learn from him about how this all got started and what he, uh, you know, what they want to turn this into because it's an exciting new project. Absolutely. Um, and then at the end of June, we're actually going to have a special Tuesday night show on the 28th of June. Uh, and we're going to talk to Omar de Frias from Fratello Cigars. Uh, so, Bear, if you would please give our viewers and listeners an idea, where is the best place for them to keep up with El Oso Fumar? Well, uh, thank you for that. Um, really great shows on on the come for you guys. Um, I'm excited to, about the mystery show. That's going to be cool. Omar is a great interview. Uh, Mm -hmm. um you're gonna have a great time with him he's always a he's always a hoot um yeah. but um for me um you can find out uh you can tune in every sunday night uh for a show uh live at uh 9 30 central on sunday and uh it's on my facebook page ello sufumar uh, so you can hit that like button we also have a youtube channel uh ello sufumar you can hit the subscribe you can also tune in wherever you listen to podcasts uh it's hashtag ello sufumar takes uh, and you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, um, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So. Very nice. And who, if I may ask, is your next upcoming guest on your show? Um, so we've got a slate of couple of uh, uh, shows going. I'm actually next week. We're I'm, uh, we did this. Uh, we did this a while back, but I'm doing it again. We're I'm basically um, I'm lending my time slot, and I'm and I'm um, going to be part of the Cigar Coop Coalition. We're going to do the Smoking Syndicate Roundtable. Nice. Um, with uh, Aaron Nielsen, uh, not to be confused with Aaron Loomis. Uh, Aaron Nielsen likes things. Um, <laughs> uh, William William Cooper uh, and Ben Lee uh, on the Smoking Syndicate. Um, it, that's that's Ben's brand under the Cigar Coop Coalition umbrella. Yeah. And so we'll be reviewing uh, the newest H. Upman uh, heritage. So we're really excited about that. Um, um, and uh, the following week, we've got a couple of different uh, shows lined up for you. We're going to have um, some fantastic guests um, for you. Um, my Father's Day episode, which I do every year and has been a great tradition. This will be our third year doing it. We're welcoming back Tom Lazuka of Asylum nice. Cigars. Um, and Oliver Nouveau uh, will be the co-guest. And so we'll uh, we'll be talking. They actually have, uh, they did a collaboration this year. We'll be talking about that. But. Uh, all three of us are fathers, 
So we'll yeah. be celebrating Father's Day together and talking about uh, talking about our our kids, uh, what it means to be a father, and cigars, and we'll be enjoying good conversation um, and things like that. And then uh, and then cigar hustler Mike uh, Stevankevich will be uh, my guest on the twenty sixth. Nice. Um, so those are the next those are the next few weeks on the show. Fantastic. Well, Bear, we can't thank you enough. Uh, we love having you as a guest, as always. And thanks thank again for being part of episode 161. Pleasure is mine, gentlemen. Thank you so much for the opportunity. A loss of, a loss of more. <laughs> 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 All right, viewers and listeners, guys, thank you so much for watching live on Facebook and YouTube tonight. If you would, please take just a moment and subscribe to the YouTube channel and like the Facebook page. Make sure to follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. And of course, until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. See you guys. Thanks. See you guys.